We're talking about MotoGP, MotoGP Fantasy, motorcycles, and just the general love of riding. This is Wheel to Wheel. Yeah, it is. <laughs> What's up, Ty? Not much. Actually, today was one of the nicest days that we've had in a while. 81 and I, degrees. And I was actually able to go for a ride. It's, it's torture when you see it's a nice day, and then you can't do anything. Yeah, I was, uh, for the first time this season so far, because I keep thinking I can get away with wearing summer gear, and then I freeze on my way to work. <laughs> uh, but today was wonderful. I got to wear my summer gear. I was comfortable on my way to, to work, and I was comfortable on my way home from work. So That's awesome. Nice. I mean, I, I actually probably made myself a little bit deaf, because in my entire way from Manassas back to Fredericksburg from work, I had my windows rolled down. So it's just like whoa, 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 going on in your ears. Probably lost a little bit of hearing. Totally worth you it. You didn't have a lot to begin with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is, is it, there is an ongoing theme that I am deaf. I agree with that theme. <laughs> I, I like to think it's just selective hearing. That's not better. Um, <laughs> at least one is not like a permanent, you know, damage. It's or like, is it? You know what? It could be. My brain is, has You heard it here, it folks. Ty is damaged. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need to uh, give a quick shout out to Morton's BMW in Fredericksburg, Virginia, because they are awesome and they have sponsored our fantasy league this year. They're going to be giving $50 uh, in a gift card to the winner of our fantasy league and they can spend that however they want in their store it's just going to be awesome they have a lot of gear uh, there's a lot of things that you can get for 50 bucks in there uh, whether it's like a really nice bmw polo or something or like that or a crisp handshake or a crisp handshake from well, me listen that's not worth 50 dollars. i'm just <laughs> i'm just gonna go ahead and tell everybody but going into morton's and spending 50 bucks well worth your time you get to know the the people there and you get to look at a lot of cool motorcycles while you're in there. It's one of the cooler motorcycle shops around here for sure. And uh, really excited that they are part of uh, Wheel to Wheel podcast through supporting us this way. And thanks, Jeff, for giving us the giving us the nod for the podcast. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to buy a motorcycle from them in Ruined the future. My fantasy. Argentina <laughs> Rich. I think it's honestly this. it's messing with a lot of riders. I don't even know what to think it's anymore. throwing me so off. Okay, so here's here's the thing. Let's let's go ahead and get this out of the way real quick. I was talking about this the other day with your dad. I'm actually, I still don't like the sprint races. I don't either. Uh, Although now, I used to, I like the idea of it ever since the first sprint race, didn't like it. Yeah, because here, and here's the thing. It has actually nothing to do with the racing is one of the primary reasons I don't like it. It's because it ruins my weekend. Before, when I just had to wait until Sunday for the race and all that, that's fine. But now I have to like black out everything on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday because we're not typically on the same time frame as the races. Right. So we, yeah, we usually have to wait a long time after the races actually happened in real time to see it and watch it. Right. And so I feel like I can't, it, it's really stressful because I don't want to spoil something. I don't want to see the fantasy results until after I've seen the race or whatever. So I'm just kind of like going dark for 48 hours and it's weird. I'm like, nobody talked to me. <laughs> so yeah, just I don't like know. Stop using social media. Yeah, and it's just been—it's made it a little difficult to navigate some of the things. Like, because I would like to go and check on some other things. Like, and I don't really watch Moto Two or Moto Three anymore because now I've got the sprint race in addition to. The, There'll be a lot to watch. It's weekend. just so much now, so I'm just kind of like, eh, 
Moto 2, Moto 3, which is a bummer because if you want to know what's coming in Moto GP in the future, you kind of need to know what's going on in Moto 2. Well, I would love to watch Moto 2 because it's the only place right now we can see an American. Yeah. And uh, I don't think Joe Roberts is going to be doing much. <sighs> he hasn't. Let me check real quick and see how he did. It wasn't great. I don't think. It could be better than you think. I know he qualified okay. Argentina. Moto 2. Joe Roberts finished not good <laughs> in yep. 14th. Finished 14th. So he was in the points. He was in the, the points. By the skin of his teeth. Where is Kelly at? He crashed. Sean Kelly crashed. What are you doing, man? After 13 laps. Look, they're American. They can't stay on the track. But Joe Roberts stayed on the track. Actually, you know, the, the funny thing is I watched a NASCAR race the other... Not the whole thing, but it's the only one... <sighs> And the only reason I paid attention to it was because they were at Coda. They were riding on the track, the same track that Mark Marquez rides on. So they had to make right turns. That's weird. Dude, literally none of them could stay on the track. It was it was comical. I mean, because you know how like you know, sometimes you run a little bit and you might go into the green a little bit. I'm not talking about going to the green. I'm talking about clear Straight through the gravel. Off the track. I mean, there's like a lot of like, you know, runoff at Coda, so it's okay. But I mean, they're like 50 feet from being on the track. And half of them... Like, there's maybe three cars that actually stay on the track. And the only reason they're on the track is because they're using the other guy as a freaking something to bounce off of. Yikes. So, that was my well, little NASCAR rant. So, yeah. So, the sprints, I just, it's the format of it. I'm just not loving it yet. Now, with that being said, when you poll people that watch MotoGP and the people that are willing to respond to a poll are people that are typically very, very into MotoGP. They've responded really well to the uh, sprint races so I don't know that they're going anywhere unless some other things happen but let's go through the top 10 of the sprint race real quick it's not necessarily what you would expect from the sprint race but be since the person that won qualified 15th gosh I mean <laughs> this so, whole entire weekend was weird a lot of people that you it was weird just weird just say it Ty it was weird it was it was really, really, <laughs> really weird. So here's your top 10 from the sprint race. In first place, you had Brad Bender with an astonishing, wonderful win. It Blistering was awesome. Bender. Yes, it was awesome. And then second place, you had Marco Bezzecchi. Third, I Luca took him Marini. off my team. Well, you made a bad decision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like I made a bad decision. You know, who, you know who I switched him for? Maverick Vinales. Yeah. I made a bad decision and put Maverick on my team this week, too. Um, so, but we had both the Mooney boys in second and third. Got both of them got a podium, which is cool. Then fourth place, Franco Morbidelli. Gosh, where did what? that come from? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm used to seeing him. I mean, I, I was just gonna start calling him Caboose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened with him, but it was crazy. Fifth place, Alex Marquez. Sixth place, Francesco Bagnai. And then seventh place, Maverick Vinales. Eighth place, Jorge Martin. Don't know where, what happened to him. What happened? Come on, Jorge. Ninth place, Fabio Cuadraro just squeaking into the points. And then tenth place, Jack Miller right outside the points. So, let's talk about Morbidelli. Dude, he was, honestly, I feel like someone must have said something to him. I mean, because this was not like a little bit of a difference. This was a night and day. And the fact that he's in fourth place and Fabio 
is in ninth. Yeah, that's my question of what is what has Franco found in the bike or what setup has agreed with him that Fabio can't seem to find because when Fabio's really really good, which I would I would very much argue that Fabio wasn't bad this weekend. He was really rough and bad in the free practices and yeah. he struggled in qualifying, but the races he wasn't bad. But Franco was on another planet compared to where he's been. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't even understand because part of it's probably they were like, hey, you will not have a job unless you do better. I mean, <laughs> that's that's some pretty good motivation. You know, I don't know that he, even if he podiums once or twice this season, I don't know that that's enough for what him to What if he actually, his- like, starts, like, what if he switched places with Fabio? I mean, how crazy would that be? Stop stop saying that. Don't put that evil on me. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. Even if he gets a couple podiums, and so I don't know that that's enough to secure him a factory seat at Yamaha, especially if they can get someone like Jorge Martin. That's true. Instead. Although, would Jorge Martin leave a Ducati? To, to a factory? Yes. Because I think he wants to stick it to Ducati because he has no future getting to a factory seat at Ducati. Yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, Alex Marquez is showing you that even on a Grassini Ducati, that, I mean. Yeah, but the same thing happened with Anaya last year, which was his year-old bike was looking really, really good for the first, you know, half of the season, and then the factory bikes really got better than the satellite teams and it was a clear difference and i wonder if we're gonna see that happen with like bedzecki with the grassini boys i know that jorge is on a 23 so i mean and I, I assume zarco is as well yeah i mean i get that still but with don't get me wrong it's still gonna be a great bike i mean compared to a yamaha i mean two years ago ducati is still i feel like gonna be competitive against the yamaha <laughs> I mean, I hate to I, say that, but you're right. I feel like Fabio's uh, scooter driver that crashed. I mean, that scooter that he was on might still give the Yamaha a run for its money. Golly, I mean that that is, it's just like I don't know. It, Yamaha they're doing better. Franco has obviously obviously proved that there's something in that bike. Well, and something good here from Franco is that now they have some data to actually use <laughs> to help to help Fabio understand what's going wrong with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Franco had a good start, which yeah. is really important because Fabio has struggled all season with his starts. You know what I mean? Franco had good qualifying pace. That's true. Which is good for them to analyze that data because Fabio has not. And nobody is under the delusion that Franco is better than Fabio. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the case. I, maybe Franco has unlocked something and he's going to be better, but I don't think that he's ever going to be better than Fabio. Yeah. I mean, he did well in both the sprint and the main race, you know? So I think that does bode well for Franco in the future um, because I do think... I feel like I'm a little bit surprised at how similar the sprint races and main race results have been. I mean, we've only seen technically four races total, which is two weekends. But I was expecting the sprint race and the main race to be completely different. It just seems so highly uh, dependent on qualifying. qualifying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, super, super dependent, which we've learned. Now, it's interesting because we've talked about the overtaking and stuff. 
and everybody seems to be talking about overtaking. However, I don't know that there's more this season so far than we've seen in the past. Now, the sprint races have been really exciting, and that has caused a lot of rough things, considering the fact that another sprint, another rider out of a race. Mir did not race on Sunday because he crashed and got hurt in the sprint. And it's because the sprints are nuts. Yeah. The first three laps of a sprint are like scary to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, Brad Bender, though, shows, I mean, if when you go from what, 15th place all the way up to the front of the pack, you use a lot of your tires. If you still have to do a bunch of laps left, Mm -hmm. you know, that I feel like you just just can't do that. But with the sprint race, if you, if you just absolutely rip it for the first half of the race, you only have, you know, not that many laps left. Well, and I wonder, let's just go ahead and talk about this hot take here. Okay. So the sprint races are super exciting. Just like we're saying, there is a lot of overtaking, but it seems like their overtaking is never very clean in the sprint races. No. They're hitting each other, breaking each other's arrow off. Like, I mean, there are some clean passes, like the, the sprint race with Mar- Marquez in Portugal when he passed Oliveira. Sure. And, and uh, was it Jack Miller? Yes. And he passed both of them like they were standing still. And then he tried to do it the following weekend and Poe Godin to Mac and <laughs> yeah. Oliveira. So, but my thing is, is like... I'm watching them race, and it's so exciting. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not negating how entertaining it is. However, it's going to start taking its toll. There were only 17 bikes on the grid on Sunday. It was that's crazy. That's not good. I mean, the looking at the <laughs> sprint race, it looked empty. Yeah, that's not good for MotoGP. No. Because we're two races into the season, or two tracks into the season, rather. That's four races, and you've already, like, took five, four or five riders out of the stinking lineup. Like, what What are we going to do when we're, you know, 10 race weeks into the season and you got 14 people racing? Everyone gets points. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I, I fear that they're going to start taking their toll because the riders aren't going to let off. Yeah. Because they all realize that if they don't do well in both – they aren't going to have a chance for the championship. Yep. But this also has opened the door to so many riders have a better chance of winning a championship this year than there ever has been. Yeah. Because of the sprint format, I think that we could see a satellite bike win. I mean, the top three bikes are satellite. Satellite, <laughs> satellite success. I mean, dude. I Credit cool. Hannah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I just hate the fact that she's in fifth place in the fantasy league, and I'm in forty yeah. third. Yeah, that just hurts. well, we're gonna talk about how sad our fantasy life is, as far as MotoGP goes. Here in a few minutes, it's just abysmal. Yeah, the sprint, for us. The, the sprint races just have absolutely shafted my fantasy yes. team. So I just think that the the sprint races are gonna take a toll, and they're gonna regret this later on in the season. Right now, they're all excited because everybody's excited about the excitement. Well, I think also people are just like, oh, I have so much more stuff to watch. Yeah, but I'm just looking at it going like everyone's falling apart. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like you, you literally got riders that are not going to have the opportunity to be on the track because yeah. of it. So that is where I'm at. But let's get back to the sprint race in Argentina. Bender, come on now. What was that? I don't know. Dude. Started in 15th. 
That looked like a and Mark Marquez in, race. In three laps, he was in first place. From 15th to first. And he stayed in first place the whole time. And he was coming under massive pressure from Marco Bedzecki. And Bender was like, not today. <laughs> it was an incredible race from Brad Bender. Again, it's this weird thing where KTM is like, hey, one of us is going to do really well. Not that they both didn't do well the week, previous week, but like Bender did great. Jack Miller was in 10th outside the points. But like, man, he did so good. And, and we're like, where did this come from? I still, KTM seems like they've really figured something out. I mean, both Jack Miller and Brad Bender have really figured out that bike. And Jack Miller, I feel like not enough people give him credit that he is just really good, He's so good. at developing motorcycles. I mean, I'm convinced that the Ducati is what it is now. Not 100% for Jack Miller. I'm not saying that he needs to be given all the credit, but he needs to be given a quite lot. a bit of credit yeah. for that bike being the what it is today. Yeah. Do you think... Okay, question, Ty. This is off, off the dome here. Do you think that if Brad Bender were on a bike like a Ducati or even an Aprilia, do you think that he would win? Like and be an actual championship contender? I think when you look at a rider, you can't just look at their highs. You have to look at their highs with their lows and look at how consistent they are. So I think Marco Bezzecchi is a great example of this. I think he is a really great rider. Him and Maverick Vinales are kind of in the same boat when this comes. If you get rid of one, the other one's going to do well. But they're not both going to do well. They're like, And it's not necessarily that they both have to have the stars aligned. They just don't consistently like Valentino Rossi is like the exact opposite he might not get first place that much but he's going to get fourth repeatedly so if you put him on a really fast motorcycle he's going to be championship material I think Marco Bezzecchi Brad Bender I think they're phenomenal riders and they're top 10 and they're great picks for your fantasy team and they're great riders to keep an eye on but I don't see them being consistent enough to be top five Enough. Yeah, but I I would actually make the, the argument that the KTM is not consistent enough for Brad Bender to be consistent. That that is very fair. Because whenever his situation with the bike is good, he's like crazy good. Yeah, he's always struggled with qualifying and stuff. But I would also say that that is largely dependent on how well the bike is doing. That's true. I mean, I said the same thing about Alex Marquez. Yeah, I mean, he, I think that if if for whatever reason Brad Bender like ended up on a Ducati, one of the ones that are, you know, out there right now, better than everything else. Yeah. I think, man, he would be like scary good. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard because, I mean, like the same thing when we were talking about Alex Marquez is when you've just seen them on one bike, it's really easy That's to true. put a lot of the pressure on them on the bike. And then you have people like Mark Marquez, um, you know, or Casey Stoner or Valentina Rossi who are just kind of able to make whatever bike they were on work. Um, and they might not have even won a championship, but they were up in the front enough where they were like a contender, yeah. you know, I mean, Valentino Rossi did have his nightmare seasons when he, when he did go over to Ducati that a lot of Valentino Rossi fans just don't want to talk about, Yeah, but it's hard. I mean, we've, I've seen him on KTM and it, it's just hard to tell. There's not a whole lot of room for him to go. I mean, you're talking about getting him on a better bike. Everybody's just like, okay, Ducati. Yeah. Well, I think that now that they've got Jack on, the KTM has potential to be a better bike. Oh, I so. think they they I think maybe not this year, but next year they might be a championship contender, which would be really cool. Yeah. Whew. Yikes. Now, That's if crazy. they could get a third satellite team. 
Uh, Husqvarna one. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, in the championship right now, Jack Miller's in sixth and Brad Bender's in eighth. It's not like they are so far away from first that they can't. It can't be possible, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's chat real briefly about Fabio in this. Unfortunately, he had the like crummiest start. I think he in the sprint race. Yeah, I think yeah. he went back like six spots on the right off the rip, and then. With that being said, he fought his way back up to ninth, but I do think that he was pretty lucky to get a point out of this yeah. this race. Yeah, um, because he just didn't look comfortable. He didn't look. He great. wasn't even happy when he came off the track. No, I mean, he just seems very defeated. Um, which I'm hoping that maybe this is like the sign that this is going to be the opposite of last season, where the first half he was just yeah. ripping it, and the second half he's going to be a lot. Which stronger. is one of the things that he said before the season started was, "Okay, I understand that we've got work to do, so the front half of the season is going to be rough, but I'm hoping that we pick it up by maybe the Jerez test and yeah. like get going." But whew, he can't have many more weeks like this, yeah. otherwise, there's no chance that he can get up there. Um, so. It was a rough race for him, but I was glad that he made his way back up to ninth place. Me too. Um, because it it showed that he still has some grit and he still wants it. You know what I mean? He hasn't just thrown in the towel here. Yeah. And we really saw that in the main race. Yeah. Which was wet. Oh, oh man, that was a rainy mess. I you know what, Mark? I thought we were gonna like get a pause on the track, or oh, you know, yeah. because it was like wet wet <laughs> yeah well i honestly i haven't always been the biggest marco bezecchi fan again i'm really mad that I took him off my team he's okay but here's the thing about bezecchi he's very similar i mean i know that he went to the vr46 academy but he rides pretty similar to to rossi yeah you know I, this actually this this race made valentino rossi's team that like he first now time. he's now the owner of a winning team yep which is actually kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, he's still winning in MotoGP without being in MotoGP. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so let's um, let's run through the top ten here, uh, and then we will have a chat about some of these things. So number one, first place, Marco Bezzecchi, top step. I mean, he was like seconds away from everybody else. Yeah, yeah I think he won by four seconds. Yeah, he did by he, 4.085 seconds. He was great. Um, second place, Joanne Zarco, which was awesome. We're going to talk about that too. Third place, Alex Marquez. Before you start yelling, Ty, in excitement, we will give credit to Marquez. Um, yeah. <laughs> And fourth place, uh, Franco Morbidelli. Fifth place, Jorge Martin. Sixth place, Jack Miller. Seventh place, Fabio Quattararo. Eighth place, Luca Marini. Ninth place, Alex Rins. Yeah. And tenth place, Fabio DiGiantonio. Gosh, I literally, like, I was giving people advice that were, like, newer uh, to MotoGP. And, and your advice was don't put DG on your team. Well, what if, what if someone did put DG on, on their team and I was like, look, he has done nothing. He's probably not going to be in the points. He's not going to, yeah. And then freaking, I mean. <sighs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk again about a little bit more about Bedzeki here. He looks like, I mean, he's he was the rookie of the year last year. Yeah. And this year, thus far, he looks like a championship contender. Well, I think the thing he's that, first in the championship right now. Yes, but I still think one of the most interesting things was he caused the champion to crash. What? 
not like he he didn't run him into him. I don't mean like that. Oh, I he mean got like, his head. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Because, I was I like, mean, what Peko, are you talking if, about? If Peko had come in second place and just had been rested with that, he would still <laughs> be the champion right now. All right, we have to talk about this now. Then hot take. <laughs> Peko comes off the track, looks at all the data, looks at all the stuff, and is furious. He is a fuming child about his crash, right? And he's blaming something's wrong with the bike. I just don't understand how it's possible that I crashed. Well, you know what, Pekka? <laughs> it's because you flipping crashed. I think it's funny when he's like looking at the bike that literally everybody is saying is the best bike in the paddock, and he's blaming the bike. Yeah, because here's the thing. You know how much of a child that makes you look like? <laughs> it was wet. You had not... He was struggling a little bit through the weekend. It yeah. wasn't like this was his greatest performance ever. I mean, he came and in... And here's what happened. Four, fifth, sixth place in the sprint race. Yeah, here's what happened in my opinion. I think you're exactly right. I think Marco Bedzecki was ahead. And he will. He actually said, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to catch Bedzecki, so I was just going to accept second place. I think he's full of beans. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I think what happened, because he just washed out the front. I think that he... In an effort to try to catch Betzeki because he wants to win and he wanted to extend his championship league, gave it a little too much. Gave it too and much he beans. crashed. Yep. That's what happened. And this is, oh man, this is classic Pecco from two years ago. Oh yeah. And his attitude coming off the track tells me that uh, there may be some chinks in that armor. That we, we saw the chinks last year when he got a DUI when he was <laughs> after his first victory. Yes, I mean Pecco could literally fall apart because of this. This could mess him up mentally. It could really mess him up mentally. How honestly, I want Mark Marquez to win. You want Fabio Quadraro to win. I mean, we have our favorite writers, sure, but I would still be satisfied to watch <laughs> Marco Bezzecchi on a satellite bike dethrone. Pecco Vagnaia. Yeah, I, you had some choice words at the end of the race. You said, suck it, Pecco. <laughs> <laughs> that was what you said when the race ended. <laughs> well, you, then you had that image of just him looking absolutely dejected. <laughs> and he's like got all the Lenovo Ducati stuff around him, which everybody, I mean, again, everybody has been so envious of how good that bike is. Yeah. And then he's blaming his bike. Well, and here's the other thing. With this mental blow to him, because I'm telling you, this has messed him up a little bit. I really think it has. It, he could he could just spiral from here and have a handful of DNFs moving forward. And guess what? I'm pretty sure Anaya is planning to try and be back by the Americas. That would be interesting. You know what I'm we saying? We have like, like, not seen anything from him. Well, yeah, because broke his shoulder in a sprint race. <laughs> you know? Um, so... I I think that the crash was purely Pecco's fault. Pecco gave just a little bit too much in the wet because he's never been a really good wet rider either. Yeah. And I think that he just did a little too much and he washed out. Played a little too much subway surfers. Yeah. So that's that's how I feel about it. That's just how I feel about it, all right? I mean, that was I'm not gonna lie, I did not see that coming. And when I saw him wash off the track you you were not looking. Okay. You're like, I looked away for two seconds. <laughs> well, didn't didn't he like not even get back on the track? 
No, he was done. No, no. Did he get back on? He got back on, but he I got th- back on, but he didn't complete a lap. He just made it went straight to the pit because I think he messed his bike up. See, if that was Fabio, even with a messed up bike, he would have been like, I, I got to try. At least get a lap he, in. Yeah, he would have gotten a lap in, and if it was still bad, then he would have come in, and he would have been upset. Pekka was like, all right, that, peace, y'all. Yeah, I mean, it was rough for him. So, hot take number two here in a row. <laughs> we got to talk about Fabio. And the fact that another race was ruined because of a flipping Honda. Okay? So <laughs> here's the all thing. All the data has been coming from Takanakagami because Marquez has been hurt for half a season. At the last one, Mir crashed into, very similarly to, crashed into Fabio, messed up Fabio's whole race. We come into this race. Fabio has a bad start. I mean, not a great start. He didn't lose spots i don't think Mm-mm. until takanakagami torpedoes him in the side <laughs> almost identical to the way mir did and then guess what takanakagami gets absolutely no penalty nothing nothing he gets I nothing i feel like at this point with dorna it has to be pretty flagrant i mean mark marquez is like torpedoing miguel Oliveira was pretty flagrant and I feel like it also just depends on how much people take the storm on social media. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I was just really frustrated because Fabio was really angry about this as well. Because he, he's like, are they going to do nothing about this person like literally ruining my race? Like, he that he came out and said, he ruined my race. <laughs> you know, and I agree with him because Fabio had great pace. Yeah. This is something where, you know, in the past we've heard people say Fabio can't pass people. We've heard Fabio's bad in the pack. We've heard Fabio's bad in the rain. I think that you can pretty much negate all of those things the last two weeks because Fabio has proven that he can ride really well in the pack, that he can pass a lot of people because he ended up in 15th place after his scuffle with Takanaga, or no, 16th after his uh, scuffle with Taka. And he finished the race in seventh place in the rain, <laughs> like super wet track, pounded his way through the pack, passed a ton of people to get up there. Like, come on. I was very impressed with Fabio's performance. In that his race. pace was great. Honestly, I wish we actually had more camera focused on him because, I mean, Bezeki was just so. When he had the shoulder cam, if I'm not mistaken, and they didn't really use it because he was further back. Yeah, I mean, Bezeki was just so much further ahead, and I feel like watching Fabio after the the incident with Taka. I mean, that was that was really cool to watch. Well, and give Fabio some credit that he has been crashed into twice now and hasn't crashed himself. <laughs> That's impressive. And we know now how in, how what kind of impact it has on the bike because of all the things poking out the sides of the bike what happens when someone collides with you is you lose parts of your bike which inevitably changes the way the bike rides you know i was just thinking other than valentino rossi you know drop kicking marquez's bike has he ever actually been crashed into who mark marquez he has crashed into people but have anybody <laughs> ever crashed into him i don't know i feel like most of the time people are, he's, most people are not moving fast enough to hit him true but I can't think of very many times where he's been hit. Other, I mean, it just the first thing that comes to my mind is Valentino Rossi just drop kicking his bike. But I mean, that's yeah. the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. All all I want to say is Fabio's not bad in the rain. He is he is a capable at overtaking. 
and he's fine riding in the pack. He can do it. Yeah. And people need to shut their mouths about it because <laughs> that's just the way it is. And I'm not biased at all, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it's fair for me to be a little biased about this because Taka should have gotten a penalty in that race. He should have had to do a long lap in that race because this happened very early on and there's no reason race direction should not have given him a penalty. Yeah. And Fab and and Taka's over here going like it wasn't that bad. <laughs> he literally completely disagrees and he's like, "Yeah, I shouldn't have gotten a penalty. How how dare he even say that I should have gotten a penalty?" And I'm like, "Are you serious? You crashed into him like you do everybody else." <laughs> so, I don't know. I think that it's fair to look at Taka's record and go, "Yeah, this wasn't good." So, enough on that. Let's talk about Alex Rins. Who is better than Juan Mir? Yes. I there, mean, was a, there, hasn't... Was, there was a point in this race where everybody was going, could Alex Renz actually like pull a podium here? Yeah. He toasted his tires. Yeah. But man. He he on a satellite Honda. He finished ninth place. Yeah, there was that point where he was like really just getting passed by everybody. Yeah, and I think that it's because he just overworked his tires. Yeah. But he held on to a top ten spot. I also feel like that Honda is hard to ride mentally for a long duration because it's sure. still so twitchy. But how how much does that say about Alex Renz? Uh, he's still Alex Renz. Guess who hasn't crashed yet? Alex Renz. Guess who has? Shawn Mir. Like every time he gets on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, that's not just Shawn Mir. That's the factory Honda. Yeah, I mean, but my point is, is that... I think if he was on factory Honda and Shawn Mir was on a satellite, we would be talking a bunch different story right we now. We were right. That's yes. what that's what we're saying. We're, we're saying, we're saying right here, wheel to wheel, we were right. Yeah, we were right. Sorry, Repsol Honda, you should have listened to us. Yeah, exactly. Just should have called us. Whatever. So the Aprilias were awful in this race. Um, the primary reason that they talked about them being so bad was visibility issues. Aleish was really vocal about that. Maverick didn't say too much about it. However. Uh, it, it was not just a problem for them. It was a problem for everybody who was further back. Betzeki's probably the only one that didn't deal with this because didn't have anybody in front of him. Yeah. But Jack Miller even said that he used all of his tear-offs by lap four. Yeah. I mean, that's bad when there's 20 more laps, <laughs> you know? So I think that that was a really big issue, and it's a shame because the Aprilias should have been better. Yeah. They just should have. Uh, they were better the day before. Not great, but they were better, and it was a shame to see them do so bad, especially since I had them as my constructor, my team, and I had Maverick on. <laughs> it was a rough week. So uh, I switched Maverick for, or I switched Bezeki for Maverick. Yeah, I. I'm not gonna say what I did until we get there, because <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil my bad decision. Um, let's finish up talking about Argentina by mentioning Zarco. That dude was nuts. Again, the fastest man that can't win. Yes. He's had 16 podiums. Not one of them a first place. Nope. But here's the deal. Zarco, what place was he in? He was in like eighth place or something. Yep. And in the last, like, seven laps, six or seven laps of the race, he blisters a pace that is 
a second or more faster than everyone, including Bedzeki. Yeah, I actually thought like if there was a couple more laps, I was thinking maybe yeah, he, he could have potentially him. reeled him in. Yeah, like it was crazy to see how fast he was. But what was even funnier was his interview. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> he's just so like, yeah, we got second place. <laughs> It's like, yeah, this is where I always am. It's cool. It's fine. You know, whatever. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just, but nobody can fault him. He did so good in week one, and he has done, to, to secure that fourth place, yep. he's showing that he is a late race machine. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as the person in front isn't too far ahead, I think that they're in danger of Zarco right now. I think he might actually get it. I would not be surprised if he got his first victory this this season. I would love to see that. Yeah. However, Zarco tends to get worse as the season goes on. Yeah. So we'll see how he, Look, if I'm, he's gonna do it, he's gotta do it in the next like few races. <laughs> I'm hoping that he actually does better. I would like to see him in the like the top ten finishing out this whole season. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, right now he is actually in third. Yep. Like he's in third place in the world championship right now. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, he's doing really well. Got to give some kudos to him. So Now we got to talk about Coda. The Americas. This is a track that I've actually been on. I have not. It's, actually, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's crazy how wide it feels when you're on that track. Well, it's good that it's wide because I if think... If you're on NASCAR, you're not going to stay on the track. It's, <laughs> it's going to be safer for the... For the especially the sprint races, how aggressive they're being, it's yes. gonna be safer at being wider. I'm really nervous about some of these tracks that are 13 meters wide yeah. that we're gonna get to later in the season. I am terrified about what's gonna happen because there's gonna be no room. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go through the track data and then we'll let you know who, how people did last year. So the track data in the Americas Coda is 3.4 miles long. Five. 5,513 5, meters yep. long. It's a long track. Uh, the width, 15 meters. It's a nice wide track. And then like there's just huge amounts of asphalt runoff. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, this is a great this is a great track minus the bumps. But, uh, yes, that back straightaway. <laughs> I actually hit my, I bruised my chin because I, you know, I was tucked down in the mm-hmm. thing. And I, hit, I went over one. And I, I actually smacked it like, right on the gas tank. And it, like two weeks later. Like, why do I have this bruise on my chin? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's from the bumps on that track. <laughs> so hopefully that's not going to be too much of an issue, uh, but it probably will be. Uh, it has nine right corners, 11 left corners, and the longest straight is three quarters of a mile. That is 1,200 meters. It's long. That's a blistering fast straight. And then, but the thing that's scary about it is it's followed up by a really tight turn. I'm talking, I'm like, yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's weird. It's a hairpin. I mean, it's weird because in order to actually get it right, I mean, you are like fully, like your body is fully over the curb. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's tight. It's weird. Yeah, this is a crazy looking track. It kind of closes up too because the track is really wide on that straightaway. But also at that turn, it narrows up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So you have significantly less room to make that turn. Makes it very weird and interesting. Yeah. So last year uh, at at Coda, first place was Enea Bastianini. Yeah. I think he's definitely going to be somebody to take an eye out. To take an eye out. To look an eye, I'm going an eye back out. and forth because like he's going to be coming back still injured. I just don't I don't have any idea what to expect. If you him. don't already have him on your team. He's I, expensive. He's 3.2. I think I w- he's too I would, expensive. I wouldn't recommend No, I him. think he's too expensive. 
The one that I'm on the fence about is Mark Marquez. We're going to talk about that. I mean. <laughs> so, but last year, second place, Alex Rins was second place here last year. I think he's, he's going to be a good look this yeah. year. And then third place, Jack, Jack Miller. Miller. I have him on my, um, it, I mean, he's on my team, but I, I, I actually have him as coming in second place. So this is, this is one of the tracks last year where we saw kind of a weird podium. Yeah, and it was, and it gives some insight to this year that we could have another weird podium. Yeah, but we we got to talk about the king so of Coda. Mark Marquez, the last nine <laughs> years, has won seven times. The only two times he hasn't won is when he crashed out of first place, clear way ahead of everybody. That's right. And the only reason he was in the top three last time was because he was still recovering from his surgery. Yeah. So he missed this race altogether. So that means when he hasn't crashed and he's been on the track and racing... He's lost once. He's lost once. And it was because he crashed. It was his own yeah. fault. But but the question is, is, will he be back for, for Coda? Everything... So currently, we're, we're recording this podcast just a couple days after the Argentina race. So we're like a week and a half away from... Coda. So things could change by the time that we we get here. Um, but at this point, all they've said is that he's going to make a comeback at Coda. But we don't know that he had surgery on his right hand, so we don't know where what condition he's. I gonna really be hoping in. that the name of the next podcast is going to be you know Coda comeback. We'll see. But I mean, <laughs> I the thing is, I'm afraid to put him on my team because yes. if you're going to put him on your team for one week. This is like the track to do it. This or Saxon Ring. But now he's got two things working up against him. A potential double long lap penalty. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. In right hand surgery. So I feel like what that means, I'm actually kind of scared to watch him race if he races because he's going to have a hand injury in a double long lap penalty. Well, and here's the thing. He should get that double long lap penalty. Oh yeah, yeah, I, of course. There's, there's, they're, they're like appealing it and all that stuff. There has not been a final, final decision. It's looking like he's gonna get it. He has even come out and say, "I deserve that." Yeah, the and bottom line is he should get the penalty, regardless of the fact that he missed Argentina. I do know that they went in and retroactively changed the wording of the penalty to to your next race instead of in Argentina. Yeah. And that's why Honda Repsol is coming back going like, well, you know, you said in Argentina, so we're going to appeal this because you said it was going to be in Argentina. We can't help that he hurt his hand and isn't going to be there. Yeah. But the bottom line is, is it doesn't matter if you missed the race. You got a penalty. You still need to be punished for what you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I think the thing, too, is the long lap penalties. It's not like a because joke. Guess who else missed that race? Miguel Oliveira. Miguel Oliveira, and it wasn't because he did anything wrong. No. <laughs> well, I think it's not like a you know a long lap penalty. Um, you know, if you've watched rally racing, you have a Joker lap where it's a significantly longer thing. With MotoGP, it's such a small. I mean, it actually, in some ways, I feel like is more dangerous, and that's why I'm a little oh, bit yeah, nervous to watch Mark Marquez do is because he is gonna come. Everybody's telling him he needs to be able to settle for a lower place. Right. He's not going to be able to do that. But this is like the one track that he's d done so well at for so long. And I feel like if there's going to be one track, he's going to have a hard time. I mean, he already has a hard time. But there's going to be one that he's going to really be stupid. <laughs> it's going to be this one. 
Um, and so I, I, it's hard for me to see that he's going to take those long lap penalties and settle for like eighth place. Um, so yeah. I, I have no idea. I do have him winning the sprint race. And that's the thing. Is the, is the double long lap penalty going to happen in the sprint race and the it, main race? No, it'll be the main race. So if it's just going to be in the main race, I could see him doing really, really well in the sprint race. But I, I feel like that's only dependent upon whether or not he does well in qualifying. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, I think he could come up to the front. But if he's starting back in the pack, we've kind of seen he just has to work so hard to make that bike do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen him do well in the sprint races last time. And so if he's going to do well in another sprint race, I could totally see him, you know, if his hands hurt. Um, and so endurance wise, maybe he's not going to be there. You know, I could see him winning the sprint race. Um, you know, that I would not be surprised at all. I don't see him being in the top three in the main race. Really? Yeah. I, you know, for my main race, I have Anaya, Jack Miller and Bagnaya one, two and three. And then my You're sprint- already breaking down your podiums. I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> um, and then for the sprint race, I have Mark Marquez. And wow, you, Shinidi, you think Zarko. that Anaya is going to win again? I, I think he might win the main race. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I'm willing to put my, my team's risk on that, but <laughs> um, this is a very fast track. I actually I think there are, depending on how healthy he is, there is a very good chance that you'll see Bagnaya and him duke it out. And that's what I want. Yeah. I want them to duke it out, and I want Bagnaya to crash again. Well, you're giving Bagnaya a lot of credit coming in third, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. He did okay last year. He was in fifth. And he, we've seen that the the um, we've seen that the Ducatis do well here. I mean, they do well pretty much everywhere now. Yeah. But all right, so let me let me break down my sprint race. Uh, I haven't even typed this into our notes because I'll do it for This you. is a this is a game time decision for me. Look, sprint races in all trying to predict. I feel like it's just about impossible because there's just so many factors. Let's say you get the sprint race right or mostly right. Yeah. Someone gets hurt. Your main race is debacled. Yeah. All right. So sprint race, third place. I'm going with, I'm going to go with Jorge Martin. I think he puts it together this time. Second place. I'm going to say Mark Marquez. Interesting. And then First place, man, I think, mm, I'm going to go for like a crazy one. Are you ready? (laughs) Jack Miller in first place for the sprint race. Dude, I would love (laughs) to see it. I think that that would just be incredibly insane. That's going to be my guess here. Um, So if I'm right, it's going to be awesome. If I'm wrong, it's. Probably because I should be wrong there. This is where I'm torn. Did you just change yours? No, I just added oh. Miller because I just I just put Jack and then oh, I okay. just added Miller. I uh, but I I'm torn because I don't know. Do I put Mark Marquez back on my team where Jack Miller is currently sitting, or do I leave Jack Miller? Yeah, that's a hard one. Because you know I think you know one of the things that I'm looking for in the season is just consistent points. Because what you don't want is what I had the first race in Argentina where my rider crashes out in the main race because that's just less points that you have, which means later in the season you have less chances I to mean, win. Jack Miller's significantly cheaper than Mark. 
significantly. So, I mean, I could potentially maybe get a more expensive team. I would go with that. But... But then at the same time, Mark could win. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be slapping myself if Marquez just absolutely just yeah wins it's everything. it's a tough decision to make. Um, so let me let me give my main race what I think is possibly going to happen. Um, Third place. I'm actually going to say. Hmm, I'm gonna say Marco Bedzecki. I think he's going to keep his hot streak going. Um, I, I think he's going to be top five in the sprint, but I don't think he's going to quite get there, but I think he's going to piece it together for the race. Oh. Second place. Mm, gosh, it's so hard. Second place, I'm going to go with... Mm, I don't want to say Bagnai. <laughs> but I'm afraid it might be. I think I'm going to say Bagnai. Bagnai? I mean, for first place. The winner of the Coda. Hmm. Gracious. See, this it, is so hard <laughs> because it could literally be anyone. Um, and I don't think that Marcus, I agree with you, because especially with the, the long lap penalty, I don't think the double long lap penalty, I don't think that he's going to win. Uh, but I'm going to say Alex Marquez. Actually, let me change this. Let me change this real quick. I think that Alex Marquez is going to take third. And yeah, well, you know what would be really cool is if you had a first, second, Alex and Mark. Brothers on podium. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. Who who's gonna win tie? <laughs> I don't know. This is so difficult. I've been thinking about this all day, and I haven't been able to to nail down in my mind who I think could win this. Uh, but let's just go for a random weird weird one here. Um, let's just say Esperago. No, um, Maverick Vinales. I think Maverick could if he puts it together. He could, uh, but. Yeah, let's just let's throw Maverick in there. Let's just do that, um, just to spice things up a little bit. Even though I don't actually think that he's gonna win, <laughs> um, I think that someone like Zarco has a better shot than Maverick this week. That's fair. He's but Bentecki's really good too. He's just on fire right now. But I don't want to say a one, two, three Ducati. I wish this is this is never gonna happen. This is just pipe dreams, just thought and fantasy world. It'd be really cool to have a season where, like, if we're on the Austrian track, everybody's on a KTM. Yeah. We're at Mugello, everybody's on a Ducati. Just to see. Yeah, that would be wild changing bikes so much, though. Well, but then I'd be like, okay, well, who is the better rider? If everybody's on a Lenovo Ducati, and everybody's on an Aprilia, and everybody's on... So you uh, just want Motor yeah, 2 and Motor 3. <laughs> but, like, premier class. I mean, sure. like, just, like, your favorite riders. And also just to see... You know what their how their lap times would vary maybe when everybody's on an Aprilia. Yeah, you know? maybe we would see like maybe the Yamaha's not as bad as it looks. That'd be kind of a cool thing if they did that like one race where everybody you know qualified with all of the bikes mm -hmm. and then all the data that like Yamaha could get from that. I don't know. That would be cool if they did something like in the off season that was like almost uh, 
like a what's it called when the like boxers do a, a fight that doesn't really count for anything. Like there's a, sh- a word for it. I, I don't know. It's not showcase. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Can't you, I know you're word. talking about though. Uh, but if they did that for for that, but they just had them all riding all different bikes. Oh, However, yeah. they can't really do that because it, it affects the season so much because they're against all those bikes. But and they don't want them to know what the other ones do. It would be just cool to see Marquez on a Ducati. Yeah, it would be cool. So let's talk about our fantasy results now that you know my awful awful picks for this race because I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I think that ties are probably better than mine this time around. But um, let's talk about our fantasy results. Uh, and after this episode, on our next episode, we will talk about how our picks went <laughs> for the previous race but because we haven't really done that. But we'll we'll do that on the next one because somebody mentioned that to me like, hey, you didn't talk about how bad your picks were. Yeah. So we'll do that on the next it, episode. It's because it hurts. It yeah, hurts. that's true. We have the podcast. <laughs> We should be doing better. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially with our fantasy. So here's mine. I am 54th. You realize we have 62 people in our league now, and I'm 54th? I'm 43rd. Listen, I did so good in fantasy last year, and I thought, like, I'm going to do good this year. I'm doing terrible. I only got 93 points last week, or this week. Um, that puts me at a total of 185.5. Everything that I do seems to mess up. So here's what I did. I was like, okay, I'm going to be really strategic about this. I'm going to do what makes sense. It made sense to put Maverick on my team. It made sense to get rid of Grassini and put Aprilia as my team. I took Fabio Quattararo off my team (laughs) to put Maverick on. And you know what my wife did? She railed me for it because she's like, you were not loyal. You were not. Oh, I was was there for that. And I'm like, I'm trying to, you weren't there for the first round. You were there for the second round. (laughs) And I was trying to just be like, listen, I, we do a podcast. I got to do what's strategic here. I can't just think with my heart. Oh, and then as the race was going on, she was reminding you of your poor decision. Because you know what? Maverick was awful and Fabio did great for where he was at. So I was just kicking myself the whole time. I it seems like every decision I make on fantasy this year, the opposite thing happens. It's kind of like remember last year towards the end when every week you would be like whoever Dakota picks, you know is going to crash. That's yep. how I feel this week or yep. this year. <laughs> yep. Well, so I gave my own girlfriend some advice on what what riders to pick. And she went with Marco Bezecchi and then she put her constructor was Ducati. And then she also had Yamaha, which was like a sleeper pick this week because she got 25 points from Yamaha. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously she had Zeki on her gold team. So that's 51 points, which puts her in fifth place. (laughs) She's doing really well. Uh, But here's the thing. You are in 43rd place. So it's not like you're that much better than me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You got 113 and a half points. Look, I gave out a lot of advice and then I didn't listen to any of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Our advice is clearly working because Hannah's doing really well. It's true. Now, I'm not saying that she's not making any of her own decisions. It's it's all it's actually all me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to throw something at you. I can feel it behind me. <laughs> I know she's behind me and she's about to throw a shoe. Just don't hit me, <laughs> Hannah. Um, so here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. She's doing great. We're doing terrible. We apologize about how bad we're doing. But KTM girl was dethroned this week from first place. 
and Ridergren Racing has taken first place with a total of 315.5 points. Gosh. I, at this point, Ty, I don't even know if it's possible for us to catch up. Well, you know, the crazy thing is his team, the way he had it set up, it wasn't actually that different. Well, you know, she he didn't get 51 points from Bezeki because he had Bezeki on his silver team. And yeah, then he I had, had Bezeki on my silver team too because I'm dumb. He had Alex Marquez on his silver team. So, I mean, he had Jack Miller, who didn't do terrible, but he didn't do as well as Alex Marquez and Marco Bezeki, who both were on podium. So his silver team did better than his gold team. You want to know something crazy? What's that? The, I'm going to tell you what the number one person in the world is right now. His name is Pipzo. Pipzo. His team, Gold Riders, Francesco Bagnai, Marco Bezzecchi, his silver team, Maverick Vinales and Franco Morbidelli. He has Ducati as a constructor, which is just almost cheating at this point. They should have made that like $4 million. Um, and then... Yeah, I mean, with the amount of riders that they yeah. have. Yeah. And then you've got, they have Grassini as their team. We have not seen the... the but they used a boost on Bedzecki and got 102 points. Oh my gosh. 102 points from one rider. That's more than I got from my whole stinking fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ducati is a constructor. I don't think I've seen them get less than 40 points. No, they're, it's dumb. So... Anyways, uh, Rider Grin Racing, congratulations on taking first place this this go around. We'll see how you continue through the season. Now, let's give you our top fantasy picks. What's weird, Ty, is the prices haven't changed. They haven't. No, it's weird. Is that something that's not going to happen this year? Because when I was reading the rules, everything indicated that that was going to happen. Or is it just going to happen later, like after three races or something? I don't know. I haven't seen anything. That's going to be weird if they don't do that. They need to alter the values because that plays in so much. In the later season. Yeah. Well, and Alex Renz deserve or Alex Marquez deserves to have more value at this point. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, same with Betzeki. I feel like he, Alex Marquez, I thought was going to do really, really well. I did not expect him to be. Because when they, this well. when they don't change the value, it makes it kind of too easy for people to get like the perfect team and then everybody will end up with the same team. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's not cool. They need to change that. They need to get on that. So Dorna, I hope you're listening. <laughs> get on that. Uh but here's the manufacturer picks. I think that Aprilia is a great manufacturer pick because they're still 2.7 million. I think that this was a one-off. I think that Aprilia will be back next week or at the Americas. I think that they're going to do just fine and they're going to be a good consistent they're both going to be kind of in the top 10 you know range so they're going to get yeah. you solid points as a manufacturer but then based solely on how good franco did Yamaha's a great sleeper pick they're the cheapest manufacturer so if you're trying to get ducati as a constructor and you're just a little bit shy of it it might be worth it to get them and use your uh your or sorry get Yamaha so that you can get Ducati as like a team or something. Yeah, honestly, the you hardest know? part about this though is just how many trades you get per per race. Yes. Because I mean, like, I feel like I need to make a lot of changes. Well, because they've added the teams, you don't feel like you can make the changes you need to. I honestly wouldn't have ma minded three trades because they 
added that additional aspect. And so I feel like if you want to change two riders, then you're, you're stuck with whatever team you have. Yeah. Or if they gave you uh, like a, th- a third trade option, like you could do that three times, like the boosts. Yeah. Like, so if you had three boosts and then three times where you could do three trades, that would make things spicy. Yeah. I mean, like right now I need to switch out Honda. Yeah. But, you know, if I switch out Honda, then I can only change one rider. Yeah. And that makes it really hard because I have Maverick Vinales and Jack Miller on my team. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I could switch both of those because I don't really want to get rid of Jorge Martin or Alex Marquez. They've just been too consistent. Yeah. They're getting so, you points. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, keeping me from going down to 54th. Let's move on to the teams. So I think that Mooney is a great team to have, obviously, right now. They're 2.1 million. If I could figure out a way to get them, I would because Luca and and Marco are going to be very consistent throughout the whole season. But I think that the best option to do that gives you the most lateral movement in all the other areas is to put Grassini on your team. They're the cheap. They're they're almost the cheapest. They're 1.9. And guess what? Alex Marquez is the real deal. Um, I know that I've been kind of hard on him. I'm still wanting to see how he does throughout the season as the other Ducatis, the 2023s, get a little better, how he continues to compete. I mean, he's going to do well. But, man, I I think that he will carry the Grassini team because Digi isn't going to do a whole lot. I think that this was an anomaly for him. Well, you know what? I will just throw this out here and say – I have no idea what's going to happen because he came in. He was in. He was in tenth place. I mean, we had satellites in one, two, and three in the main race. True. I have. But at is, the same time, Digi this entire was, season is silly season. Digi was really a lot higher up, and he was similar to Alex Marquez, where he just or Alex Renz, where he just like kind of started tanking. dropped like a rock. Yeah. So I don't really know that he's going to be consistently like high in the points. He might be fifteenth or fourteenth, but Alex. Marquez is going to do well enough to get, you know, significant points for the Grassini team. So I think that that is a great, like if you're needing some lateral movement, maybe to get Ducati as your constructor, that's a great option to get Grassini so that you have the most money possible to get Ducati as your constructor. Yeah. Or to get a couple of big bang, you know, riders instead, you know. So I don't know, that, that would be what I would say for your team. And then let's move on to riders. Mark, this is his track. You know, I mean, if you could call a track anybody's, this and Saxon, Saxon Ring are his. Yeah. So it's hard to say, especially with the long lap penalties that are going to be coming his way. But like you said, for the sprint, he very well could win it. Yeah. If he can qualify well, which unless his hand is really bothering him and even still I think he's going to qualify well. Yeah. I think that he's going to be a shoe into to at least podium in the in the sprint race. So with that being said, even if he just gets like top 10, top 12 in the main race, he's still going to get significant points when you couple that with a, a podium or a win on the sprint race. So might not be a bad choice to have on your team. Uh, but he is, like, what, $3 million, I think? Yep, $3 So million. he's not super cheap. 
But then best value again, I don't think that we can change it right now. Best value is still Alex Marquez. Do you know if we can switch riders' places with yes. that? Yes. Does, does that cost us a trade? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Alex Marquez, I think, is still the best value because he's been really consistent so far, and he's done really well, and he's cheap. How much is he? Who? Alex Marquez. Alex Marquez is $2 million. Yeah, so he's cheaper than Bedzecki right now. And that's a great value for what you're getting with him. But then Bezeki, he's on fire and he's cheap. Well, here's <laughs> the thing with Bezeki. He, okay, he's done pretty well the last two races. And I'm always nervous to put someone on a, like who's done well the last two races and immediately trade them because you see it all the time. Someone does really well for a couple races and everybody has a bad race. You know, but when is that bad race going to happen? No one has a perfect season. Mark Marquez, even in 2019, which is like arguably one of the great, he never placed out of first or second. Except when he crashed. Except when he crashed. <laughs> so, I mean, like. At, it, at Coda. <laughs> at Coda. So, if you were like putting him on your team, that would have been the track to do it. And he had been first, second, first, second, first, second, yeah. first, second, first, second. So, is Bezeki going to have his bad race this coming race? Or is it going to be a good one? I don't know. I, I it, It's hard because it's one of those things where you can't bet against them until they give you a reason not to. Yeah, that's not true. to Not to bet on them. And with him being as cheap as he is, for whatever reason, they haven't altered the, the cost of the stuff, yeah. which they need to do because he should have increased significantly in value at this point. Right. But because he's so cheap, it would be silly to not at least put him on your silver team right now. I still think it's crazy that... Um, that he's only two point two million dollars. I feel like he should have skyrocketed right now. That's what I'm saying. They haven't changed anything, which is frustrating to me because I, that really affects how you play fantasy. Well, because I mean, honestly, if they had changed the price of him right now, a lot of people would be going to put him on their team and then wouldn't be able to because he's more expensive. Yeah. Yes. So let's talk about a wild card. My wild card pick. You may have a different one, but my wild card pick for this. Has to be Alex Renz. Yeah. I think that he got second place here last year. He's $2.4 million, so he's not super expensive. Like, the fact that Alex Renz is more expensive than Marco Bedzecki at this point, and Luca Marini even, is absurd. Yeah. Because they are obviously better than him right now. But I think that he's a great sleeper pick because he did well here last year. He's coming off of a pretty solid. It, he's shown that he can actually run at pace with with everybody else, even if it wasn't for the whole time. So Alex Renz could get a top five finish. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that would be a great one if you had him on your you know silver team or something. So I think that Alex Renz is a wild card for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna say like a really wild card and then a realistic wild card. Franco Morbidelli, he is one point <laughs> nine million dollars. He is like one of the cheapest people that you can possibly get. There's only like a few cheaper than him, being Fabio D, uh, DG or Augusto Fernandez. For one point nine million dollars, you could have a really good team and constructor. And then if he does. Anything to, in the top ten. And to be fair, the dude that is literally number one in the world has Franco Morbidelli on his team. <laughs> so, I mean, that is a wild, wild card. Because he is, like, everybody who was asking me, should I put him on his team? I'm like, just looking at history. No. <laughs> you know? And it wasn't even like, 
I feel like of all the riders that I could safely say don't put on your team, it was Fabio. Uh, not Fabio. Franco. Franco Morbidelli. Just because I've been the last two years, mm-hmm. he has done virtually nothing. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't even been top, I don't think, a top 10 contender in the championship yeah, at all. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he just comes out this week and got fourth place, what, both times? I mean, he, <laughs> out of literally nowhere. That's why the sprint races and this season is just, it's silly season. This entire season is silly season. Yeah. But if I had a maybe a more realistic uh, wild card, I would say Luca Marini. Yeah, I think that that's a great one too. Um, um, he's he's so the other Mooney bro. He's so consistent too. The VR bros, you got the you got the KTM broskies, and then you got the Mooney bros. Yeah, I mean they're just good riders. They're, I mean, I are. think I was a little bit disappointed that he didn't do as well this last week, but he didn't do bad. He got a podium in the sprint race. Yeah, didn't he crash out of the main race though? No, no, no. That was our that was Argentina. Yeah, he still did well in the main race. Yeah. Where did he finish? It was top 10, I think. So, I mean, for 2.1, that's kind of a hard hard thing to beat. I mean... Yeah, Luca Marini, 8th. His teammate is 2.2. So, I mean... Yeah. Luca Marini very well could win one of these races. I mean, it would not surprise anybody. Yeah. It would be, I mean, it'd be very, very on par. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's not expensive. Yeah. You know, so I think that's definitely a wild card. Yeah, and that brings us to our final rider that we should kind of mention here is Anaya. He's just too expensive. He's too expensive to not know because of his injury. We haven't. I mean, we don't even officially know if he's coming back at this point. We we haven't just not seen anything from him. Yeah. So we. I mean, he is a wild wild card. Yeah. So, you know, he just is so expensive for what for such an unknown. Which again, if they had changed the. The, the price is he would be significantly cheaper right now, and we would probably be talking about this differently, going like, oh, man, if Aneo is coming back, you know, like he's only $2.4 million, this is a great opportunity. You know what I mean? Well, he has no points. Exactly, which is why he his value should have went down. Yeah. Dorna needs to get on that. I'm frustrated by it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's that's the fantasy advice that we've got for you this week. But listen. We would love to hear from you guys. What is your strategy? Yeah. How bad do you think ours is? I mean, we're obviously not doing well. However, our fantasy advice has proven to do well for others. This is also going to show that. Speaking of, your dad, remember, he said, well, now I gave the advice that he gave me on the podcast, and he took that advice, and he was frustrated at first, but then now he's in 10th place in our league. Yeah, that's true. So... Good job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, this is uh, the sprint races really has turned fantasy into like creating a chart for March Madness or bracket. Yeah, I just don't know. It, it's like I mean, there's going to be so many upsets this season. Yeah, I and mean, there's going to be so many times. I mean, I feel like this. Honestly, I would not be surprised if Coda is a huge upset because I mean, Marquez is the one that's supposed to win that race, but I just. The Honda's know. just not doing it. Well, and he's hurt, yeah. so we'll see. Like I said, we'd love to know your thoughts. Uh, maybe you have some questions about where you think that you should put somebody on your team. Let us know. Let us know. We will reach out to you. You can do that by touching base with us on social media, on Instagram, at wheel2wheelpodcast. That's wheel, the number two wheel podcast. Um, let us know what you think. Shoot us a message there. Also, you can find the li- link for listener support on 
uh, on that Instagram page as well. If you feel that you want to support us financially uh, so that we can take the podcast uh, further, faster, uh, just go to that link, click there, and it'll tell you what to do. And we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, also, be sure to rate the podcast and share it with with people. Uh, we have actually started to kind of climb a little bit in how many people are listening, but we would love to see that get out there further because, again, one of our big goals with this is just to get MotoGP out to uh, more people so that the sport can continue, the sport that we really care about and we love a lot. So um, help us out, by, help us do that by sharing the podcast. Uh, writing a review goes a long way for that. It gets us into the algorithm a little bit more. So let us know that. But we have a big announcement. Ty made a great decision and changed the name of his Instagram. <laughs> he is no longer an underscore person. He is now the Timoto. The Timoto. So if you want to find uh, Ty on Instagram at the Timoto, if you want to find me, mine is just at Dakota Greg. I think. Oh, you got lucky that you got your name. I don't. I don't know if that's actually correct. It could be. It could be a number. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be really funny if there's some <laughs> other person out there that's at Dakota Greg. I'm sure there is. So, so I you you can find me somehow. Um, just find where I'm tagged on wheel to wheel. That'll be the most efficient way, probably. But, True. uh, like I said, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us. We're excited about the season, and we will catch you after Coda. Mm-hmm.